And we welcome you into another episode of Borderline with Bernie. I'm Jeff, and thank you, as always, for listening to yet another all-new episode here of Borderline, episode 93, as we uh, get you set for uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. We've got uh, the draft coming up, which is going to be huge, Um, and I I finally got a chance to start kind of diving in to the draft, so that's going to be kind of fun. I still can't believe, like... I still think it's so cool, and I've been I've been trying to tweet about it a little bit, just kind of get the word out there. But yeah. uh, it was funny to. Um, by the way, I, d- I didn't realize that we were going to be on CBS this past Saturday, until um, uh, I remember you had told me last week. I think uh, maybe off the air last week that you uh, said it was coming up on Saturday, yep. and um, so that was the first that I had heard that that was going to be on Saturday, and then um, and then sure enough, I was watching football because I was tweeting back and forth or uh, texting back and forth to Trey about the Clemson game, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Stacy uh, sends me a text. He, he said, uh, "Hey, teams looks great," and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't realize it was even on right now." So I <laughs> I, I ended up watching about the last uh, hour of it, I think, and it looked and it looked and sounded uh, great. I mean, it, it really did. So I went to Twitter to see what all the uh, comments were. And and you know it just it just it just proves the point that I that I try to say to Stacy, and to Cat and to uh, and to Trey, um, and to everyone who works for the ACL. Like we have to remember as a brand that we are so new, right? Yep. Like yep. like to us, we all know who Jamie Graham is, right? Jamie mm-hmm. Graham, Jamie Graham, Jamie. Fine, we fall asleep talking about Jamie Graham so much. We t- we fall asleep talking about Jay Rubin so much. You know, these great players, we have to remember, we can't be so short-sighted to think that everyone just knows the sport like we do. I went to Twitter. I couldn't believe the number of people that were tweeting that were still saying, wow, what? Cornhole on TV? This is actually a sport? Sure. There are so many people out there that have no idea what we're doing. So, you know, when we're on national TV, I know a lot of the ACL people are probably like, God, Jeff talks about that all the time. There's a reason I talk about about that kind of stuff all the time. It's yep. called play the hits. There's a reason why the Rolling Stones. <laughs> there's a reason why Matchbox Twenty. There's a reason why Michael McDonald. Hold, 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 hold on. And hold on. Play the hold, same. Hold songs. on. Hold on. Don't you dare put Matchbox Twenty in the same sentence with the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there's a reason. There's a reason why they 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 play the hits. It's called playing yeah. the hits. I don't care what you. I don't care what the Elton John. I don't care. There's a yeah. reason why there's a saying in the industry: play the hits. Because, because, you, because two reasons. One, that's what everyone wants to hear. And secondly, you never know when someone is listening to you or watching you for the first time. And that's especially true for the ACL. You know, we are going to have new viewers watching the sport as we did this past Saturday all the time. You know, so if we have, if we sound like we're repeating ourselves, if you watch every single broadcast, we probably are, you know? Yeah. I, you um, know, but, but it's, but it's got to be done early on because of, of the, I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of, of people texting saying, you know, what is this? Why is this on TV? I didn't know this was a thing. We have to try and win those people. It's it's a big part of the growth of the sport. So especially you know, when we're on ABC. I mean, especially when we're on CBS. Yeah, me. absolutely. Because because that's national linear network. We're going to get people that simply aren't watching us when we're on ESPN two or get shifted over to ESPN news that is going to be the first time they're seeing us. And those are people that are tuning in. They're flipping around wanting to watch football, period. Right. Yes. And I and I think that was a shot from CBS. Look, I think that was a huge day for us, by the way. I think that was CBS. Was saying, I don't know. I'm saying I think from CBS perspective and maybe our perspective was like, all right, 
let's see what your lead in is for our college football day. You know, we're yeah. going to give you this slot and we want to see if you're better than the infomercials we've been running for the past five years. Right. I mean, that's a huge shot for us. And hopefully it turned out well. I mean, I, I looked over, I thought it went well. I mean, obviously, if everyone looked at that broadcast and compared it to the other broadcast of that same event, they'll see that it was highly edited. And I think that's also a part yeah. of what might be the future. You might not see a hundred percent of the action and may get to what you've been talking about for a long time. You know, more, more stories on the players, maybe a little bit more stuff going on instead of every bag thrown in a match. Now I know the cornhole heads are going to be all over that, right? That's travesty ruining the sport, no integrity, blah, 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 all that. Well, to your point, we have to do something to get more people than just the cornhole heads watching our sport. Period. Yeah. Period. And and that's why we make that's why we make comparisons when we talk about the sport yes. to other sports, to the NCAA tournament, to baseball, to football. Yep. Anytime we can make a comparison, we are making the sport relatable. Yeah. And it's a huge part of, of a growing sport, of a growing young sport is making it relatable. You know, so that when someone's watching, they're like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. So this is kind of like the NCAA tournament. Yes. Yes. Yep. But, Someone, it looked, but again, it looked great. It sounded great. It had it had a terrific finish. Um, the broadcast quality um, was, was really good. Like it, it's amazing in live TV when you watch. And now a lot of people at home aren't going to notice this. But, you know, when you watch when you watch football broadcasts, there's 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 some things that go on behind the scenes. The lighting might not be right. The microphones might not be right. There's always little, I mean, unless you're watching Monday Night Football where it's always perfect. When right. you're watching some of the regionally televised broadcasts, there's little slip-ups here and there that you see. Our broadcast looked really good. I got, I got uh, three three texts from friends of mine right away saying, dude, th this production quality really looks good. So, I mean, 100%. that's, yeah. So that's that was... That By was the way, uh, being involved in this now, and I'm sure people like Kat and some others that are very involved behind the scenes, probably now when they're watching sports or anything else for that matter, they're noticing every little thing, right? I, I you know, yeah. you'll notice a big mistake every now and then from a network, but now I'm noticing the little ones. And I watched a game that maybe five other people watched on Saturday night, North Carolina, Pittsburgh. And the ACC network just threw that one in the tank, man. It was awful. It yeah. was awful was and it oh i mean they had all kinds of issues that were maybe not their fault some technology issues maybe the weather the the remnants of that hurricane or tropical storm were rolling through yeah. just a little bit east i maybe that had a lot to do with the feed issues but just it just seemed like a bad night for everybody and like it's so funny a lot of that stuff i would never notice before i know it it's hard gone, it would have gone right over my head and now i see it i'm like oh man somebody's getting screamed at in the truck right now so yeah, it's a, it's live a, live TV is hard. It yeah. it really is. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only thing I noticed, and 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 people will think, you know, I've, I've brought it up to the ACL many times, and and it falls on deaf ears. The only thing that that is weird about our broadcasts is that they never show Trey and I, or Anthony and I. It's it's just weird. Like I, I probably get more texts about that than mm -hmm. anything else. It's like, why don't they ever put you guys on TV? And uh -huh. and and I I think I I do think it's weird that that they never show the broadcast and and you know what when do you I've, show I've the broadcasters this? though in other sports oh they show them all the time bernie they oh, go to the booth i watch those games all the time they show them beforehand and maybe coming back from halftime yeah and they'll do they'll do little they'll do little look-ins um during the broadcast well i've, I've brought trust me i've brought up many examples to everybody yeah. they do it a lot they do it a lot um i mean you can't tell me you don't watch monday night football and see chris collinsworth all the time yeah i 
he's on all the time. I mean, they, they go up to the booth with Tariko and Collinsworth a lot. Yeah. I mean, they do, they do in college football. That's part I, watch, of... I watch as much football as you do. Now, yeah. now the ones where they don't, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, even coastal watching coastal Carolina, watching their broadcast, cause they brought down Matt Barry and their ESPN guys for the game last week. When they, when they switched the game to ESPN, uh, they bring down Matt Barry, a couple of the contract guys. So right. they brought in Matt Barry and I can't remember the coach who, who was, they, they had, they had them on, I would say they had them on at least four or five times during the broadcast. Hmm. So would that, would that be between quarters? So, so basically lead in and halftime lead in. And then you've got quarter leads in. I mean, is that essentially what they're doing? And then the end of the game, you have your breakdown. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then, or or where I where I see it, where I like it best. I don't want to bore people with this. Where I where I <laughs> where I see it, where I see it, where I like it best is when you add value. Like, and you can't tell me with Joe. You can't tell me when you're watching Joe Buck and Troy Aikman that you that you'd never see those guys on TV. They're on TV all the time too. Yeah, they give them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brad, even even the old guys like Brad Nessler when he's doing a game, you know, an SEC game, they they put those guys on TV all the time. I'm talking major network. I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not talking ESPN Plus broadcast. Right, you know, right, for right. ESPN Plus broadcast, like when I'm doing, you know, something for Coastal. Yeah, we're on in the beginning, maybe on again at halftime. But 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 when you're on a network broadcast, you probably want to put your broadcasters on. And, and trust me, I mean, if if it was Evan doing these broadcasts, I would say the same thing. I mean, you no, want no, to I share could've... your broadcasters. But but the, where I like to do it best is, um, and I've used this example with with Stacy and with Matt and Trey. Um, and cat, I mean, many times, right? It, it falls on deaf ears, but whatever. But but in baseball is where it really works good, um, because they'll they'll go up to the booth and they'll literally like you know alongside you know whoever you know the, whoever the former player is. I'm the play by play guy. And right. hey, earlier in the in the game, we were talking about a guy you know, who's got a great slider or something like that. And then yeah, like let's say it's John Smoltz, he will literally show you how that how how this guy will yeah will hold the baseball or or like throwing a knuckle curve. There's a lot of people who don't know how to throw a knuckle curve. You literally. You you literally put your finger. I don't have baseball. But you literally put your finger down on the baseball so your knuckle is touching it. That's a knuckle curve. You can really mm -hmm. get some good snap sure. off of it. And and same thing. I mean, you know, go to Trey and I, and then hey, we were talking earlier about uh, you know a roll bag, and, and and you know, and Trey could, could literally have the bag in his hand. And I mean, there, you, you can add value by going to the broadcast booth. But again, it, it's another thing that makes the sport look big time. You know, it it, it just does. It gives it it gives it um, an authentic um feel to it you get to know the broadcasters it's relatable like i've talked about i mean that's one of the great things of why baseball um, i think it would is so yeah. good because you know you you get, you develop that relationship with with your broadcasters but whatever. i think i think it would be great for especially like you're talking about to make it analogous to have trey talk about what a butterfly grip is on a bag and talk about how they deliver and you know the way that you inflect your wrist to throw a roll bag the way that you kind of invert it a little bit when you deliver the bag and so for people to actually see it because he can say that right yeah i mean he he, he can you know, he can make a comment and say it, but is it really going to, you know, do anything? Yeah. You know, but for, like I, I, just talk, talking on air, no one can see it. It's hard. But yeah. if you could actually show him do it. Yeah, I see your point there. And when you show the broadcasters, it shows legitimacy. It shows that you're there. I mean, yes. there, there was really a lot of pushback by the players, by the coaches, by fans when they started doing these Remy broadcasts. You know, you can kind of tell when the broadcasters aren't there and they're just watching it on TV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not 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 everybody can, but but you want you want to know that they're there, that they're bringing you into the action. And, and all I'm saying is if we're watching ESPN plus football games, no, you're not seeing the broadcasters, but if you were on a major network, if you were on CBS, if you're on ESPN and you watch those games, you are seeing broadcasters, maybe all the time is, is, is 
is a bad description of it, but you're seeing them multiple times sure. during, during the broadcast. And then even on the sideline reporters, and I've brought this up before too, let's say, you know, let's get on to burning on the sidelines. You know, you'll, you'll do an on-camera hit in the beginning. You'll do an on-camera hit with the coaches and at halftime. But then if we go to you during the broadcast, you'll see a little picture on the corner down here, yeah. you know, uh, of you. So, so we may only hear your voice during the, but we see a little picture, you know, Bernie neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, sideline analyst, ESPN, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Just, just, just a little something that I thought could, could, could improve it. I, you but, know, why um, not, why not have a, I mean, obviously every, and this is something that people at home will never understand. Every cord that gets added is money added to a broadcast. Every camera, every person responsible yeah. for that camera, it, it adds to cost of a broadcast. So, why not have a stationary camera in front of your desk? Well, you know what we do in, at Coastal? Just a GoPro. It's just a little camera that it, it, it stays up. there all the time. We do the yeah. open with it. We do halftime hits with it. We do whatever. Right. You know, it just stays there. So anytime they want to go to us, if we're joking around, having a good time and laughing and talking about something, you know, that's relevant to the game, you know, boom, you put the broadcasters on. It just, it just, it just shows personality, relatability, um, legitimacy. It just, it just adds to the broadcast. It's, it's just weird that we don't have it. And, and the fact that I get, you know, text messages all the time from people saying, you know, why don't they ever show you guys? It just shows it's just, it's just, it's awkward. You, you want to have, you want to have that relatability with your, with your broadcast, in my opinion. Right. I hear you. I, 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 I could definitely see the worth, especially like you were talking about in baseball where they, where they're showing you how to throw a pitch, Trey, literally showing you or Anthony, who, whichever broadcast it may be. Hey, this is how you hold that back. I could tell yeah. you, but you're not really going to know because at, at home you're just grabbing it in your hand and kind of just tossing it forward. You don't realize there's an actual way to do this, just like there's a way to grip a golf club, just like there's a way to grip a tennis racket, just like there's a way to shoot a basketball, just like there's a, a way to throw a football, right? There's a way to do this properly. Yeah. And, and, and I think that would definitely help. I'm with you. And don't get me wrong, by the way, this, I, this, this is going to come off sounding probably very egotistical and, and, and trust and trust and trust me, <laughs> trust me. I'm telling you, Bernie, I don't care if, if you guys still had Evan doing the play by play, I'd be saying the same thing. It just, it just, and I'm, and I'm also not saying that, that, you know, that we're Joe, that Trey and I are Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I'm just saying that if, that, you know, when you have two of your top spokesmen, Sure. Um, of of the uh, of the entire league and of the sport, when you see them, and you see them on air, and you see that they're there, and you see their passion, it, it it's different than just hearing their voices. 100%. So it's just good. It's just good to go to them every once in a while. But but so to move on beyond that, that the other thing that that we're starting to do is uh, that that makes it look really good. And we've we've touched on this before, and I want to talk about it this week is uh, player identification. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another that was another big pushback that I got. Um, and still get, um, from, from friends of mine and, and, um, you know, a lot of people who watch is the fact that they can't figure out who's playing. And again, this goes back to our point at the beginning, at the top of the show, we know Jamie Graham, we know Cheyenne Bubenheim, we know all these players, right? Frank Modlin, we see them all the time, but when someone's turning on for the first time, you, you want the, you want the fans to know who they're watching. When you turn on a football game, you instantly know which team is Syracuse and which team is North Carolina. You know, they, 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 they basically do everything to tell you everything matches the jerseys match the match, the score bug, everything, everything for North Carolina on the screen is baby blue. Everything for everything for Syracuse is blue or orange. You know, I mean, normally it's orange, you know, immediately. 
And so, you know, that that's why this year, you know, there's going to be a push and maybe there's been already, but I know there's gonna be a push by the league to make sure that we get some sort of, of, uh, um, I don't know, symbiotic look to jerseys, bags, and then the bug on the bottom. So that when someone turns on the, uh, the TV right away and it's Nico Morales against, uh, against Eric Davis, you will instantly know, you know, Nico's wearing the black jersey, throwing the black bags or black and red bags, and he's the black and red, you know, score. You know, his name is in black and red on the on the other. And Eric Davis is is wearing yellow, throwing you know yellow bags, and he's yellow, whatever. I, you know, it's gonna be there's gonna be, and I, and I know it's I know there's gonna be growing pains on that, and there's gonna be baby steps to that. There's a lot of cost that's involved in something like that, but 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 the league is working towards that, and you could see it even in the graphics on the um, on the broadcast on Saturday. And even that, even just the graphics matching the jersey, just that even helps to try and figure out who's sure. playing. Because trust me, trust me, the players, if you're on TV, you guys, you guys, I mean, you and I talked about this last uh, last week, Bernie, and, and players, I'm speaking to you. You all know how difficult it is to get sponsorships. We're now having players leave the sport because they can't find sponsorships. Well, how the hell are you going to get sponsorships if someone turns on the TV and they don't know who you are? Right. They need I, to know I who agree. you are. I agree. So, so don't think... fight back on this. I would embrace this and be seen. I mean, that that's the reason why college college football players now are fighting for exposure because of NIL. They want more NIL money. They're not going to get NIL money if when you turn on the TV, you can't tell who's wearing who's playing for who and who's wearing what jersey. So, I mean, don't right. don't don't fight on this. It's only good for you guys. I, I agree. It's funny because part of it is, you know, there is an ownership issue with the ACL with essentially the color schemes. And I think you have to get away from that if you want it, the players to be more more visible and to be more about the players, right? Because you have to get away from that jersey. And then you have to go to the bag manufacturers and say, look, for broadcast, if you're going to be sponsoring a player, they're going to need these colors, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, the, the bag manufacturers want to make all these crazy designs and the players want to play some of these, you know, weirder looking bags and they're just not getting the overall thing. And, and by the way, if you're watching our show, you obviously have some sort of interest in cornhole. But if you're if you ever look at the numbers of a broadcast, even on ESPN Plus or ESPN2, you're getting hundreds of thousands of people watching. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you take the nitty gritty core community of cornhole that play in tournaments that, you know, really, truly invest their time to travel and play, that's only about, you know, that's what, 50,000, 75,000. So if we're getting hundreds of thousands of viewers minimum, that means a lot of people are watching it for the very first time. And we have to get, I mean, it's this, it's this climb out of the backyard. And we, there's still a pushback against it, which is crazy to me. It's just, no, this is how it's always been done. No, this is how – too bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're trying and to – And there will this, be. You will always – you'll know, probably always yeah. have that. And it's just we've got to get buy-in from everybody, and, it, and including yeah. the ACL for that. Because to make players truly identifiable, they all can't be wearing the same color, in my opinion. And they can't – and more importantly, they can't all be wearing all different colors. You know, I mean that 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 don't was, even that, get that me was, started. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, I, that was yeah. that was one of the big thing. I mean, that was one of the big things is that we would have we would have you know, and, and again, it was just it it wasn't done intentionally to fool the the viewer. You know, there be there be somebody who just happened to be wearing a blue jersey, right? And they're throwing green bags, 
and and the and the bar on the graphic was red, right? And right. and so so this person wearing a blue jersey throwing green bags, they throw green bags all the time. They're just wearing a blue jersey because they just happen to, you know, the, the jersey just happens to have blue on it, right? But it right. just so happens that the that the player they're throwing with thrown against maybe maybe he or she's wearing a black jersey but they're throwing you know blue bags so now you got someone someone that's wearing a blue you know jersey or a white jersey and the and the person you're playing against is throwing that same color bag and and it just it nothing matched nothing matched yeah, on the, the on the is, tv yeah the problem is with the bags especially can't be similar in color obviously that was from day one can't have yeah. those be almost the same color and then two that's what you're seeing you're seeing the bags on the board. So you may know the jersey color. And so if you mark that player by their jersey color, well, well the bag might be like it's so we've got to find a way to get everyone doing the same thing. And that that becomes even harder because yeah. then you're getting other companies involved, not just the ACL. Then you're going to bag manufacturers and saying, look, you have to make this color. You know, your players have to have this. You know what I mean? It becomes so vast. Yeah. And what you're trying to do, well, but I agree with you. They they have to find a way to make it more identifiable. And I think, yeah. I think the bags are. They have to find a way to make the bag colors. I don't know. I I, yeah. I don't know the solution. I, I wish I did. Well, it's going to be like like I said, it's going to be baby steps. And, and you know, and 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 Kat, uh, Kat and I had many discussions about this behind the scenes last year. And um and and basically the the at the end of the day, we we um. We basically decided that the bag color is probably the of least importance right now. Like let, let the let the creativity throw with the bags. Yes, they need to be they need to be different on the broadcast. You can't have similar colors because then the viewer gets lost. What was what is really more important is is if if I'm wearing a blue jersey and I'm standing like when you watch cornhole, and this 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 might be a little bit tough to to describe here on an audio podcast. Um, but when you're watching TV, when you're watching cornhole on TV, you're going to have a player on the top side of your TV screen and a player on the bottom side of your TV screen, right? Like, like, let's say Jamie's playing, let's say Jamie's playing against Frank, right? So, mm -hmm. so you're going to have like Jamie up here, right? For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see, I mean, Jamie's going to be kind of that, that, that top of the screen. You got the board in the middle and you got Frank on the bottom, right? So, so you want to, you want to put in the bug, you want to put Jamie's name on top and Frank's name on the bottom and whatever Jersey color Jamie's wearing, you want that bug to be that Jersey. You want that, that, so I think Jamie's it doubles. A, you're talking about doubles because no, in, singles, in, sing, they're playing, in, in singles, they're playing like we are right now. They're playing next to each other. Yeah, but not on TV. That's what I mean. It's hard. It's hard to describe. Think about, think about when you're watching on TV. on TV. Yeah. yeah you, you know, when we show, yeah. I mean, when you show, when you show, it depends on what, what TV angle, right? But yeah. but when you when you when you do the top side TV angle, kind of looking down, there's always one player that's kind of on the top, one on the bottom. You're right when they're when they're throwing when they're when the camera angle is going straight at them, you're you're mm -hmm. showing this. But on TV, right. when they go to the jib camera and they do kind of that overhead camera, you're going to have right. one player that kind of looks like they're kind of on that top side and one that's on that bottom side. And you want to and you want to correspond that to the bug and and also sure. the jersey color. So if Jamie's wearing a bluish jersey and he's on that top side. You know, looking down on the jib, you want to make sure you got a blue bug for him. I mean, all it's just, it's uh, again, it's just, it's just behind the a, scenes, pull back the curtain, get, little yeah, but TV. Do we minutiae, get away? But it helps. Do we get away from the ACL black, black and red, white and red? Right. Well, that's what they're talking. That's all you get right Yeah, that's what they're talking about about doing, is is maybe allowing some creativity to the jersey. But I don't know. I mean, that, 
Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's, that, it's a large, it's a really large topic. Um, it really is. I, I, mean, I think I I think it's I think it's necessary for the growth of the sport uh, for player identification. But yeah, there's and, a lot there's a lot that needs to be discussed about it because I know Stacy wants to try and keep everything red, black, and white, right? For the league. Yeah, he wants he wants it's all part of the brand, right? That's what the brand's colors are. He wants the brand to be seen. Yeah. And so, but I'm I'm with you. The players have to be seen at some point too. And the players would love that, but the players at some point are gonna have to understand find a, a girlfriend, a mom, a friend, somebody that knows how to match colors. Cause some of the stuff these dudes are wearing, and it's just like, come on, man. Like none <laughs> of I mean, it's just not even close. Like, like, ha, <laughs> come on, figure it out. You don't have to be like, uh, you're, you're not some metrosexual guy. If you can actually match colors, you're just normal. I, I don't know. It just, I've, I've seen some pretty crazy colors thrown together. Yeah. Cause they, cause they want, see, to your point, they want to be interesting. They want to be, you know, that way. Look, look at his crazy pants, right? Like, like, yeah, that's they the want to be Ricky of, Fowler. Right. Yeah, and, and if and, and if and if Noah Wooten shows up wearing wearing the fluorescent orange pants and and shirt, then I want that bug at the bottom to say <laughs> Noah Wooten, and I want it to be fluorescent orange behind him. So you instantly know will, that that's will no, that, that that's Noah Wooten. Yeah, but will that ever be allowed? That's up to the league. You know, so that's, again, that's it's, it's growing pains of the sport, player identification, sponsorships, money. I mean, it's it's all these, you know, it's all these things that need to be that need to be discussed. I, so. I would love, I would love to be in the room for those fights because I know exactly what Stacy's going to say. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would love to be in the room for those arguments. That would be fun. Yeah, because I would just me being me, you know, I I just throw something in there just to kind of make everybody angry and yell at each other. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you want, if you want all the colors to be red, black, and white, I'm, I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, you, you know, you just have to set it up that way, you know. So yeah. Noah's wearing Noah's wearing a black jersey, uh, and um, you know, Brett Guy is wearing a different color jersey, and and whatever the those those jersey colors correspond to the to the graphic below, so that you know which player is which. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, and, and, and to international for if you're a soccer fan, uh, the Premier League, you have your home kit, as they call it, right? This is where you, what you wear at home and your colors you wear at home. The away colors could be crazy. Yeah, that's Seriously, true too. Like, you you see teams wearing all kinds of different colors when they're playing away. So maybe yeah. we do more than just black and white. I I, I don't know. I, that's interesting. It's a it's a fun thought. Yeah, big big discussion, which could lead to a lot of creativity. But again, you know, I I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not privy to a lot. All I know is that is that uh, you know, it's you, you got to know who's doing. Yeah, you, I mean that that's the biggest thing as a sports fan. When you turn on the TV, you want to know who's playing and what the score is, right? Yep. And we got to make it as easy. We have to make it as easy as possible for the viewer at home to to relate to our sport. And and instantly instantly know what's going on when they when they turn it on. So, man, that was that was a huge soapbox. I didn't mean to talk about that for a half an hour. <laughs> Look, I think <laughs> I think the way that we do the score bug needs to be done differently. And yeah. I'm not talking about just necessarily the colors. It just seems to me that that's set up to fail. You know, the way that it's almost done on a cell phone. I mean, that can't be okay. 
Oh yeah. yeah, you mean you mean like that the actual logistics of how it's done? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. that I mean yeah. it's not the person's fault. I mean you're just asking for trouble technologically speaking. I I don't know another way yeah. to do it, mind you. But like I just that just seems to me just asking for trouble. Yeah. But that's. Yeah. yeah, I mean there's a lot. There's there's there's. Uh, I mean that that for sure is a growing pain, and just just the technology trying to build the technology to make that easier. But I th- I think the reason why a lot of these things have stuck out to me is th- is that I instantly went from broadcasting cornhole. Boom! Right into football. I mean, no break whatsoever. Right. So I, 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 you know, it's it's like it's like driving an SUV and then driving a sports car. You instantly, you know, feel all the differences. And because I literally went from California, got home, and then you know, a week and a half later, I've got my first football broadcast. Um, it made me feel and see all the differences. And I'm like, wow, there's some really basic things in cornhole that we've got to get right, so that when mm-hmm. someone turns on the TV, they know what they're watching and they know what the score is. Yeah. yeah, some some Probably. basic things that I think we could do we could do better. So that's a good one. That's a good one, man. Way to go! It's almost <laughs> I almost truly, thirty I minutes. Didn't mean to, I, didn't, I, <laughs> I truly didn't mean to talk about it that long. I, I do. I do want to talk about uh, the draft, though. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so again, you know, for those of you who do listen to the show, casual uh, cornhole fans, so the draft is back. Our second year of of teams here with. Uh, all 16 teams from 16 different regions. So the captain. So so you the, the, they they uh, it's somewhat of a keeper league, which I love. Right, there's 16 players on each team. So the captain uh, chose five players, and then the draft will be 10 rounds. You get to choose 10 different players. So right. the problem is, I shouldn't say problem, but now the challenge is going to be, is that now you're going to have 16 teams that all have 16 or that all have six players pre-filled. Yep. So that obviously takes away whatever the math is. That takes away a substantial number of the top players in the world. So now you got to really dig deep into all the stats and relationships to figure out how you're going to fill the remaining ten spots on the roster. So yes. that's now the big that's now the big question out there is you know now with now with you know sixteen teams all pre filling six, you know now you now you get down to some pretty um, I don't know I would say some some names that really kind of stick out who are not rostered. Um, and I think the big question now is who, who would be your first, your first round draft pick, your first selection overall. And that is really difficult. I mean, I don't think that let, let I, me, I, I've, I've got mine, but, but I'm sure everyone can probably guess. Are mine. you, you're, you're forgetting that the U 18s are now able to play. Yeah. Right. And so that changes a lot because they haven't been able to play. So that puts but there's so many good ones. So how many, how, well, how that's my point. Right that, that's a very, <laughs> that's, but that's a big amount of your top 40. Yeah. Right. There, there's a lot of players that haven't been able to play that are now. So you're, I think the first round is fairly doable, maybe even two rounds. But like you're saying, you get to the third round, you as the team captain, look, these are people that play in this sport and they know a lot more than we do about the sport. Yeah. I've already heard from a couple of them like, man, it's really tough. Because yeah. you, you, you may have played against them a few times, especially if they're not from your region. Right. You're not going to play against them in blind draws. You're not going to play against them in in local tournaments or conference tournaments or regional tournaments. You know, you just don't see them. So it becomes it becomes it's, much it's more hard. Different. Yeah, I, I really uh, I really think it's going to be because, you know, I mean, they the, the captains thought that it was hard before. Now you're just diving right into the hard stuff. Right. I mean, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the easy part, I think, was always filling those top three. Top four, top five, you still got some names out there. Top six, yeah, there's still some names. Now, all of a sudden, these final ten rounds, you're just diving right into it. But but there are some names I, I think that that um, that stick out that that are first round or first so, pick overall. Do, do you know who your first overall pick would be? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's an easy Who one. Who is it? Jake, Jake Gore. Okay, me too. I thought I'd be the only one saying that. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knows I love that kid. So you No, know, but I mean, he's, you know, you look at, he's the highest ranked player available, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, um, you, I, you, can make a, you can make an argument for Alex Hicks, though. You could. I think he's, I mean, he's going to be first 10 picks, probably yeah. first six picks. Uh, I'm interested to see how regionalized this now becomes. Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. Because I think the captains, like I was just saying, they're going to kind of know who some of these pros are if they're from their region. Because they yeah. play against them in regionals. They play against them in conference tournaments. They might even play against them in local tournaments. So they're going to know who they are. Now, obviously, they travel a lot. But like you're saying, once we're now getting past a lot of those people that you hang out with and play with all the time. So I think you start to see captains lean more towards their region. Now, if the captain, say like a Tanner Halbert, he's not from Las Vegas. Right. He's not he's he's probably going to pick more from the people he knows, which all of a sudden means he's taking out of Florida and away from the southeast region. However, don't know. Don't know. But like you get a person like a Yeti Irwan, for example, captain of the Colorado Timber. Once she gets past a few picks, does she start choosing people that she knows better? You know, what regions will they be from? I I just I think we're going to start seeing, especially if the captains are more regional, like, for example, uh, Ty Lopez, Arizona Burn. I think yeah. you start seeing guys like that maybe stay a little more local and a little more regional with their selection. So we'll see. I'm I'm curious yeah. to see if that plays out. I totally yeah, I totally agree with you. So um so I wrote down some names. So at, at the top, um, I'm with you. I, I wrote Jake Gore. But but again, some names that really stick out. Alex Hicks. Um, I think I think obviously he'll go early. Uh Jack Gore, I'm sure someone will yep. pick him up. Uh, sure. Sammy Soto. Sammy, Sammy's going to be available. I mean, Braden Wilson. I mean, some of these, some of these yes. really young players that you're talking about. But so here's some other names that I'm really interested in 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 seeing where they go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking at some some PPRs from last year and just and just some names that kind of stuck out to me who I've seen before. Brandon Jones. Where does Brandon Jones go? I, th- I think. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'd have to check in on his record during teams play. Brandon's a really good player, right? His his, mm-hmm. his PPR was was uh, just under nine point two last year. So where does he go? Jeremiah Hector, his PPR was nine point six uh, last year. Tyler Parent, um, and and then some other names I think are going to be fun to watch. Matt Sorrells, where I think Matt where Sorrells does, is a very interesting. Pick. Where yeah, where is Matt Sorrells going to be picked up? He actually played really well in the qualifier. Um, so that's going to be Austin uh, Slobom. Where does Austin get picked up? His PPR last year, 9.3. Um, I mean, hasn't had the same success at the pro level that he did in college, obviously. Uh, Matthew Stout, another guy, PPR 9.45. Uh, I think he had some, I think he had some really good and, and, and solid numbers from last year. Nate Voyer. Um, I don't know. There's some there's some interesting names. Tyler Parent, 9.34 PPR. I mean, there's a lot of these players where the stats are kind of the same. And this this may go into into uh, the point that you're making. Maybe it's going to turn into a total regional play. Yeah, yeah. I but, uh, uh, I think this is going to be obviously the first two rounds year of the rookie. I think it's going to be all U18s and rookies. Uh, Matt Sorrell's being a little different. I don't think you're going to see some of those names you're talking about selected until we get deeper. Um, I think, especially the first round, I would be. Yeah. I was on ACL live talking with Trey. Trey did showed his first round of his mock draft. I think he's got nine U 18s. Yeah. In the first round. I, I believe mean, it. it's, it's going to be mostly that and mostly rookies because you're getting a or, chance. Or, to or will there be somebody with a different philosophy? 
Will there be somebody who goes away from that and goes to some of these names that I was talking about with a bit more experience? I don't know. I think I think you're going to want your best player. And I, no offense to anyone, I think you're going to want to go for what they consider to be the most talented player at times. Now, I agree with you. You're going to want to find players that can fit in with the six that you already have, right? But if mm-hmm. that talent level is deemed to be fairly a, a fairly decent difference between that talent level, I think you might see. Uh, like I, 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 I'm, I'm with Trey on this. I also, I looked at Anthony and Wally's uh, first round mock draft. I mean, I think it's going to be heavy U18 and heavy rookie. Mm-hmm. At least the first round. I think, you get, I think you get a little bit deeper than you're talking about. All right, how do we fit now? How do we fit? Does it stay regional? Because, I mean, think about like Matt Sorrells. I think that's a great name to bring up. You've got Alex Rawls as the captain, you know, of the Florida Freeze, but they've got the 16th pick. Does yeah. Matt Sorrell's last? Because if he's still there, I'd be I'd be willing to bet all the money on the planet that he's selected by the Florida Freeze as many times as he's played with those guys on the dock and all that. I mean, he's he's going to be good in one. that he's a first round selection, right? Yeah. But it, it's just how far does he get down? I uh, it's it's interesting, but I I would see the Gore twins going really early, Alex Hicks going early. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, I think we're all putting a lot of pressure on Sammy Soto, by the way, because we came, you know, they released our, uh, our awards, our preseason awards, right? Who we think is going to be there at the end. And I believe you, me and Michelle all put uh, Sammy Soto as our rookie of the year. A lot of pressure, right? It's a lot of pressure. Now the Texas guys have been barking this dude for a while. I've seen him play. First time I saw him play like more than just one match. And I saw him play over a day. I thought to myself, that's a top 30 player. Now, do nerves get in the way? Do, you know, just the fact of the depth of talent get in the way? I don't know. But, I mean, I love the fact that, like, you've got a Jeremiah Ellis out there that's going to be a rookie this season who's not one of the U18s, who has been successful in other areas. Uh, I I think that's, like, he posted all of our selections and just said, you know, it's given him fuel to the fire. I love it. Right. I, I love when we do stuff like that. I love when mm-hmm. people get either either it makes them feel better about themselves because we're talking about them or they're mad that we're not talking about them. Right. Right. Yeah. But, I, I, but I love <laughs> that it gets used as fuel that way. So I when, I when I'm looking at some of these mock drafts, I just it's so U18 friendly. Right. There's just so many under 18s because think about it. If we could have had U18s last year, they would have gone early, too. Mm hmm. Right. So I, I think it's great that yeah. we finally found a way to get the kids involved because for the folks at home that don't get to see, I mean, we've, there's so much talent that's under 18 years of age. It's absolutely insane. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it is the future of the sport for sure. A hundred percent. All right. How about on those mock drafts? Uh, where do you see the name James Baldwin pop up? This is only that- first rounds. Yeah. That's another one I'm wondering, like where, yeah. where is he taken amongst all these names, you know? I, you know, does James end up in Virginia? Like, see, a lot of these names, I think, will be regionalized. You've got the Virginia Cutters. I, I totally Coast, agree. I think Carolina totally Coast. Like, does yep. he end up there? Like, to me, something tells me one of those two teams will pick him up. He just fits, right? Yeah. He fits that vibe. So, I, I don't know. I, yep. I just, but some of these older names, it is very curious, right? Like. Yeah. Do you Where do take they go it, mixed in with all the other. And how many of them the, take all the other kids? Look, they, they get offended by what we say or don't say. These are their own peers that have left them out of these top five selections, right? <laughs> so 
how angry does that make some of them? Like, hey, all right, so you don't think I'm one of the best, you know, six players on your team? Fine. You know, I hope I get picked no. up by someone else and I get a chance to blast you. Right. I mean, I, I just I'm interested to see how that plays out. Like how many end up on completely different squads? You know, I'm, I'm curious to see that. Or is someone kind of playing the game like, you know what? I think I can get them in the draft, but I don't know if I can get these guys. So I'm going to hold these and cross my fingers that I get them back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, it's it's fun. That's why it's fun for us. Yep. You know? uh, well, I totally agree on on the youth. The youth is going to dominate early. I would I would uh, would guess and and regionality. I, I think both those. All right, we got to we got to uh, get moving. We, it seems like we always run out of time here for off and so you ready ready to get it going? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey. Yeah. There you All are. Right. I thought on, you were frozen on, for a second. Oh, I might have my signal for some reason today is bad. I'm not sure why. Oh, you know what? I think I might know why. Uh-oh. All right. On, off, and in. It's America's fastest growing, most popular <laughs> podcast segment. So Bernie and I come up with, uh, it's kind of like hit or miss or the, where we were right, where we were wrong type of stuff. So on the board is something that we think that we are are right about, maybe trending to be correct about. Off the board is something we are totally wrong about. And something in the hole is something that we are just dead right about that we talked about before. It's still true. And uh and we nailed it. All right, ready? Yep. On the board first. You get on the to go. board. All right. So I cheated again because that's what I do. My on the board and my off the board are the exact same thing, but coming <laughs> at it from two different angles, right? Okay. Teams will transform the game of cornhole. I think it still has the ability to be something that that draws people in, especially when they make it so regionalized. The more regional we can make it, I think the better it will be. Right. And so I'm I, I'm still I, I think it's too far. We're too far out to say in the hole about teams. But I'm going to say on I'm, the, the on the board part is I think the more regionalized that we get, I think the tweaks that that have been made as far as, you know, now when you play a best of seven, it's not you get to four, you win. It's all the games now count just like a baseball series. Right. Right. Like, you know, if you win all three games, you know, you it, it just it just goes to your overall record. It, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like if you win a best yeah, of seven, yep. five to two, all yeah. you've done is win five games, lose two. Yeah. Right. Obviously you won your series, but it's just not, we're not viewing the series in those ways until we get deeper. Uh, I love that. I love the tweaks. I think it, I think it still has an opportunity for the average fan to pull them in. And by pulling in the average sports fan, I think you can transform the sport. So uh, it's still kind of my on the board. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, my on the board, uh, and I touched on this a little bit last week, and we really need to kind of really deeply dive into this at some point. But I touched on it last week. Uh, DPR, I'm, I'm given the DPR stack. I, I really don't like that we use it as one of our major metrics uh, when we're discussing the sport. I still think that it is. it has a major flaw in it where, where strength of schedule is not factored into it whatsoever so i so i in my opinion i give dpr a big old and maybe even a uh, an ug um but here's another stat to keep in mind and and if you want to dive into this more next week we can i think i think and this goes and this goes to what i've been talking about for a while i think one of the biggest stats that i've found pouring through this entire excel spreadsheet here are some names i'm going to give you what do matt guy devin harbaugh caleb batson jacob trzinski tony smith Jay Rubin, Cheyenne Bubenheim, Jake Gore, Kyle Malone, 
Mark Richards, Jamie Graham, Justin Burton Jr., uh, Eddie Grindersleeve, and Chris Kingsbury, and Jordan Power. What do those names have in common? All of those names all finished top 25. You didn't even and give me a chance to I, answer. I was going to say, in what stat? It's in what PPR. Stat? It's PPR. What's that? PPR. No. Nope. No? What is it? Bags on. So, again, this, this is a deep dive, and we can, we can do I mean, this is like, this is like Anthony Ione stuff, right? Um, if you look at the top players in the world, right, <laughs> the top players in the world, every name I just gave you is amongst the lowest bags on the board percentage which may seem strange right but the yeah. more that you look at it and the more that you that you that you kind of chew on it and dive into the other stats the more it makes sense if you don't have bags on where are they i, I looked at the bags off right and i quickly eliminated bags off all the top players in the world are between two three and four percent bags off i'm taking that out of it so if the bags aren't off and they're not on where are they they're, they're in the in. hole yeah. they're scoring it's what I've been talking about from the very beginning. All <laughs> these players are scoring. I'm not saying you can't block. I'm not saying you can't roll. You know, I'm not saying you can't cut. I'm saying if you want to play a defensive game, you still need to score. And I, and I thought that was a really interesting stat. But the top players in the world have the lowest bags on percentage, according to all the stats from, from 2023 season. So anyway, so that's my, that's my on the whole because I've been talking about the importance of scoring. I don't know, ever since we started this podcast, probably. All right, ready? Yeah, off the you board. Like you like that? You like that or no? I, I mean, I, I think you've talked about it a good bit. <laughs> but what about the bag? What, what about the bags I mean, on? I, I'm I backing like it. it up. I, I like it. I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I, I don't argue. I, I, I mean, I think you have to be able to find ways to score. Scoring is what I think that was a good stat to show. That's yeah, I, I like that one. Am I off the board? Once again, teams will transform the game. I think we still have a very large number of professional players that have not bought into teams. They just, whether it's they want it to be more about them and them alone and maybe the other person they play with and they don't want to get involved in a team type game. They never really played team sports. It's not their thing. I, I think we still have a heavy non-buy-in from a lot a lot of professionals, unfortunately. And so mm. that's why I, 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 you see it. You see it when you talk to them. Yeah. You, you just, you, you see it how they play. Like, you know, oh, don't, you know, there's not the, you just see it. And yeah. until, until that happens, it can't take the next step. So it can be tweaked. It, all these other things can happen. But until we get the players to fully buy in, it will never take that next step. So that's my off the board with teams. Uh, I think that's a good one. And, and I did read in one of the releases, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, that I think 84% of the player incentive uh, on the financial side is going to go towards actually uh, the number of games that you win. So that could maybe help get some buy-in. The fact sure. that you're winning money every time you win a game. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, I can like that one. So my off, my off the board, I got to be quiet about this one, okay? Because I'm not sure who's who's listening. Yep. So you know, d you know, I, I, Kathy is such a great sport, right? I mean, I I can't tell you the number of football games that I watch on the weekends. 
Sure. And, and she's always right there. Right. And, and she's always like, who are you rooting for? You know, who, you know, who are we cheering for? And, 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 you know, when I put money on, on games, she'll, she'll be like, you know, I, I kind of let her in on, you know, the spread. And so she knows about Vegas. She's such a great sport. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so in turn, I like to kind of do some things that she likes to do. Um, but oftentimes, you know, when she wants to do something, I'm like, God, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but, I, I literally think she's like, she's probably listening to this outside right now. So, so one of those times was, and, and, and you know, this is just me being an asshole because normally, normally when she like drags me to something, I end up having a terrific time. I'm like, I'm sure. not, I'm not kidding. Normally, normally I'm like, okay, whatever. And then we go and it's, it's awesome. So she's been wanting to try this little breakfast place called three little birds. I'm like, really? Three little birds? Are you going to take me to a place called Three Little Fine, fine. Like, why can't you just go and have tea with your girlfriend? The Three Little Birds, right? So we go to Three Little Birds for breakfast. It apparently has good breakfast. I'd never heard of it. We went there. Amazing. You know Amazing. what that's from, I'm right? so far off. No, I don't know what it's from. It's a Bob Marley song. Oh, now I love it even more. Yeah, man. Wow. So she took me in there. Greatest breakfast ever. So Three Little Birds, if you're listening, they're not. If they were, I'm sorry, totally off the board on that. Incredible breakfast. We've been back twice now in the past. We had the French toast yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. It was so good. <laughs> so I was off the board on that. All right, I'm that's a, it for this quick. week. We're, we're done. All right, we're in, done. in the hole. Yeah, it, well, we got 45 seconds. I'm a terrible fantasy player. Always been a terrible fantasy player. Always will be a fantasy player because I don't care about stats. I know it makes me crazy. I think, I mean, in our sport, I think you need it a little bit more, but in team sports, I just don't follow all the guys that are great. I mean, you can have a great wide receiver stat wise. Who's on a team that wins three games. So, you know, I I just, I'm a terrible fantasy player. That's my end the hole. I've always, you're in the hole. Yeah. I've always known it. All right. My end the hole is scoring Uh, baseball. Uh, viewership is up 7% according to Nielsen ratings. Attendance is up 9%, over 4 million fans. Uh, 18 to 34 is up. Social media is up. Everything is up because scoring is up. Scoring is up um, big time in baseball this year. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves scoring. Everyone loves offense. And it, it just is it's better for everybody. <laughs> all right, dude. Hi, right, man. Sorry to drive you nuts this week. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our rant. Yeah. All right, brother. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, man. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.